does it sound like a demon is escaping my body? Because it's probably true, probably according is. to myth, myths and lore. I like that. I like that a lot. Heyo. Oh, that was a good pop. Today's episode is brought to you by our lingering desire to have fresco at all times. Thanks. Wish it were. Oh, that'd be so good. Again, like there's there's very few pleasures in my life. It's actually very false. There's a lot of things that I'm privileged enough to to enjoy. Great. But fresca, it just it hits different, you know? Yeah. It really does. I felt so dumb when I found out that the soda has been around since the sixties because I was like, Oh, mom and dad, look at this new soda I found. And they're like, oh, you sweet angel. Yeah, well, like I remember drinking it as a child at my dad's. Really? Like he would buy these, yeah, and I've had it before. Greg, one of a kind. Killing it. Gosh, so good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, hi, welcome to our paranormal podcast. We are officially back. We are. And it was great. It was great. We escaped the Stanley Hotel. Mm -hmm. Sorry that we got sucked into another dimension. Yep. But. It was a great time. Justin, did you have fun? No. No. My early sideline recommendation station is go to Colorado. It's cool. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Okay, good. <laughs> great. Well, you just want to jump right in? I'm excited to hear your spooky story. Yeah, we can. Um, oh, okay. I've got a weird one today. So All right. Um, let's I'm looking do forward it. to it. Great. So today. I will be telling you a very weird story that I find very weird <laughs> and spooky. <clears throat> so, interesting to note, I got all of my information from <laughs> all this interesting dot com, mm. Vice, Vice article, Scientific American article. Wow. The Dollop podcast. Interesting. And of course, images. From Wikipedia. Wow. I have not heard you say the words the dollop podcast in a <clears throat> in little bit. Years. Yeah. It's wow. been a long time since I've listened to it. But wow. I remember this episode and I had to reference it because it was helpful in understanding the story. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. I'm excited to hear what it is. Um, if you want to hear a more comedic take, <laughs> go listen to that version on the dollop. Okay. I'm just gonna start I'm just gonna start off the story, all right? <clears throat> It was a clear March morning in Bath County, Kentucky, in 1876. Yes. On this morning, meat started falling from the sky. Did it. <laughs> did it. it um, it did. Um, that is correct. Ooh. I said meat. 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 Um, mm. yeah. Uh, so that's my story. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> uh, you can go now if you'd like. I have several questions. Mm -hmm. Um, I, of which I will be answering none. Oh, okay. Good, 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 good. Right. Uh, first, why? Uh huh. Second, how? Mm -hmm. Um, and third, what type? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which type? Which types? Mm, English. We're going to, we're going to get into that. Oh, okay. Good. So, this event was witnessed by many people around the city, okay. but of course, 
we're going to be talking about a farmer's wife who is out <laughs> making soap on her, <laughs> on her backyard. Um, whose yard was then scattered mm. with chunks of flesh mm-hmm. enough to, as was described at the time, quote, fill a horse wagon full. <laughs> I actually have an artist's rendition of this. It's actually really, really cool. Oh, my God. This here is Mrs. Crouch uh, as she's making soap when chunks of flesh are raining down on her. Okay. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I appreciate mm-hmm. artists so much. Mm-hmm. I love that someone who is very talented was like, you know what? I'm going to draw this. This is a great picture. It's wonderful. Yeah. I love how just it's it could be just a beautiful day, but then there's just organ meat mm-hmm. falling from the sky. Mm. Just really adds a little bit of a, a little bit of sparkle correct justin tell me about mrs crouch all right so i just want to start off by saying mrs crouch is quoted as saying there was a light wind coming from the west but the sky was clear and the sun was shining brightly Mm -hmm. without any prelude or warning of any kind and exactly under these circumstances the shower commenced oh no not just any shower but a shower of fresh raw meat some lumps as light as a snowflake, and some that reaches up to three inches in length. For several minutes, Mrs. Crouch and her husband Alan watched as the unusual downpour fell around them before it finally ceased, leaving the sky as clear and sunny as it had been before. I don't understand. Mm. Because, like, you can't blame this on airplanes. You know, like, oh, like, unfortunately, like, a flock of birds went into an airplane. There's no airplanes. Yes. That is the problem within. Also, I'm just going to make an assumption. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to assume Mm. that Mm -hmm. maybe the Crouch family Mm -hmm. were God-fearing individuals. Mm. I'm just making assumptions. Time period. Mm -hmm. Kentucky. Mm You know, mm-hmm. how does this not say to you, this is the apocalypse? So I will, uh, I will keep reading mm. to say immediately the Crouches believe that the meat shower had, had either been a miracle from God <laughs> or a grisly warning <laughs> from God. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so um, they were God-fearing family. How do you choose which so? How do you choose if it's a miracle or a warning? That's that's really that's mm. really the most important thing in this story, I think. Yeah. Not anything to do with why or how. Just no. w- is it a warning? Yeah. yeah. And is the meat edible? We'll soon find out. Mm. Before long, word of this meat shower had spread, bringing flocks of curious neighbors to the scene. In the end, an area about 100 yards long and 50 yards wide had been left covered in chunks of meat. It was found on fences, the farmhouse, and scattered all across the ground. So I actually do have a little picture here of some of the collected meat in a, in a little jar that was sent that was sent out and stored for some reason. Uh... 
Yep. It kind of looks like cheese, actually. It really does. It looks like cheese in some beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll I'll get to that a little bit a little bit later, but I just I do have a picture of interesting some of the specimen. I'm glad they decided to keep it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, as these God fearing men and women mm-hmm. do, they decided that the overall consensus is that the meat was beef. Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, similar color. Had a similar smell. Mm-hmm. Beef. Because that's all you need to determine whether something is beef or not. That is correct. Right. Um, not kosher. No. But it's beef. But it, it's beef. It's the beef. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is beef. However, a local hunter disagreed, claiming that the uncommonly greasy feel of the meat most resembled that of a bear. Okay. <laughs> Tell me where we're at now. Like what what is going on here? What happened here? I just I, I want to take a step back. Mm. And I I want to just talk about the fact that some sort of meat fell from the sky. And from what I am hearing, I don't know if there was no professionals around mm. or what, but um, it just sounds like a lot of uh, people mm-hmm. just taking guesses um, as to what type of meat it is. But the interesting thing is that I'm not hearing anybody question why. So if it is a bear mm. or if it is a cow, mm-hmm. why are they not saying why is our our Lord raining this greasy bear meat from the sky? You know? Yeah. Did anyone... Did did they call in professionals? I think we've moved past that at Mm. this point. They Mm -hmm. are already beyond the why. Sure. They just want to know, can we eat Mm. the meat from the shower? Can we eat shower meat? Uh, Sure. I really respect that. And now that we've found out that this meat is supposedly from an exploded bear, Mm -hmm. can we we just go for it? Absolutely. What's the deal? Have you ever had bear before? No. No? No. Okay. I had black bear chili one time when I went up north. It was very gamey. And in hindsight, it makes me very sad Mm -hmm. to say that I have done that. I'm just going to cry internally now. I've had a bear claw. Uh, That actually sounds like the best Which is a pastry. You know, I kind of want to go to Greenbush tonight you know what babe let's do it we, we need, deserve we need donuts tonight so thanks kentucky meat shower wow for making me want to eat pastries <laughs> that's the thing I, that's one of the things that i love most about you you are always down to eat even if it's bear meat even if it's bear meat that rain from the sky exactly so we have mm. flying mm-hmm. exploding bears in yes. Kentucky now. This is what we've come to at this point. That is correct. Greasy bear meat. Very greasy. Yeah. We uncomfortably greasy bear meat. Interesting. So at this point, to end the debate once and for all, mm-hmm. a few brave men skilled in hunting mm. took it upon themselves to taste a few pieces. Oh. 
Oh, man. Their official decision was that, <gasps> by taste alone, <gasps> the meat had to be either venison or mutton. Did they have a charcuterie <laughs> spread in, uh, in front of them that I they mean, were comparing? What? All right. So we have at least four to five brave men skilled mm. in hunting, mm. not knowing whether this is bear, venison, or mutton. And I don't know how to feel about that. You guys had one job. Correct. And it was to not Literally die. one job. Exactly. Um and tell me what the meat mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. Well, all the townspeople were unsatisfied with the three conflicting opinions. <laughs> so then they had a butcher take a bite. Oh. According to him, however, the meat was none of the above, claiming that it tasted neither like flesh, fish, or fowl. Oh, I was really hoping it was a duck. Right? Dang it. I know. So it's not flying game either so if it's not a bird Mm -hmm. a fish Mm -hmm. or any mammal land mammal chimera it could be extraterrestrial did they rule out human meat yes not flesh Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, thank you for the care. Yep. So at this point, everyone is in an uproar. Uh huh. Finally, town authorities decided it's time to get an official ruling on what exactly had fallen from the sky. So they collected the samples, wrapped them up, and sent them to chemists and universities around the country. It's about damn time. I know. Do that before people volunteer to eat it. Well, eh. you don't want it to go bad. I suppose. Unless it already is. But you wouldn't know that. Eh, Uh, Suppose you just sprinkle some salt on it. It kills the bacteria. It's fine. fine. It's fine. So one chemist from Louisville College deduced that the sample was indeed, as one of the hunters had suggested, mutton. However, another one disagreed, Uh, stating that while it certainly was meat, it definitely wasn't mutton. I'm exhausted. So that brings me back to my point. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote a writer now, mm-hmm. um, a New York Times writer, said, According to the present theory of astronomers, an enormous belt of meteoric stones constantly revolves around the sun. And when the Earth comes in contact with this belt, she is soundly pelted. Similarly, we may suppose that there revolves around the sun a belt of venison, mutton, and other meats divided into small fragments which are precipitated upon the earth whenever the latter crosses their path. This writer, William Livingston Alden, was talking about the astronomers at the time, saying, yeah, we have we have a meat belt <laughs> in outer space that collides with earth every once in a while mm. and only reigns in Kentucky. Mm. Important point. <clears throat> This man did not give any craps. At no, all. No, he, no, he just didn't didn't care. Mm-mm, um, mm-mm. it is factual, however, that the only miracles that happen in the world are in Kentucky, in particular Bath County. 
and specifically tend to revolve around meat. Exactly. I mean, it makes sense. Why wouldn't there be meat floating around in space? Of course. It makes sense. Yeah. Justin. So from the samples that were sent out, Mm. we're we're back. We're back in it now. I just had to throw Mm -hmm. that little bit in there. Mm-hmm. We're back in it now. The first explanation came three months later. Mm. Like a good explanation. Oh, came sure, three sure. months later. Okay. When someone called Leopold Brandis received and analyzed some of the specimens that had been preserved in glycerin, he announced the meat was not actually meat at all. At last, we have a proper explanation of this much talked of phenomenon. This was reported in Scientific American. Mm. It has been comparatively easy to identify the substance and to fix its status. The Kentucky Wonder is no more or less than Nostock. I have a picture of Nostock for you. Okay. What? A type of cyanobacteria that forms colonies surrounded by a protective gelatinous envelope. Nostock is known to swell up into a translucent jelly-like mass whenever it rains. What? Because it's so inconspicuous when dry... For many years, people believed Nostock to float on the breeze until it rained, which caused it to fall from the sky like hail. Colorful nicknames such as Star Jelly, Witch's Butter, and Star Slubber were thrown around. Brandis identified the Kentucky Nostock as belonging to the species Nostock Cranium, which he described as flesh-colored. But really, it looks just like the color of seaweed. Mm. As you can see. Apparently... He said it tastes like frog or spring chicken legs. <laughs> and it had ballooned and fallen upon the Crouch residence when it rained. Interesting. Uh, the problem is it didn't rain. Because Mrs. Crouch said, mm. bright and sunny, clear day. Wind from the west. Meat. Huh. Why would she be outside making soap in the rain? She wouldn't. She's a smart lady. Exactly. Mm. So now the problem is it can't be Nostock. So we're moving on Mm. because we found out that Brandis gave a couple of mystery meat samples to experienced histologist and president of the Newark Scientific Association, Dr. A. Mead Edwards. Ah, so close to meet Edwards. I can't even like (laughs) petition to legally change his name, even though he is definitely dead. Meet Edwards. I like that. That would have been beautiful. Yep. Um, Edwards said it was likely the lung tissue of a human infant or a horse. Because those things are very similar, apparently. I'm sorry, he was the president? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And then we come to, eventually, seven samples were examined by several scientists who confirmed two to Mm. be lung tissue, three to be muscular tissue, and two were said to be made of cartilage. Ew. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So most of this seems to be viscera, Ugh. not actual meat. Fun. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that it was 
ingested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad that people definitely tried this. And yes. Ate it and decided this <laughs> this is venison. Yes. Uh-huh. This may or may not be mutton. I'm just really glad that um, mm-hmm. it's such a straightforward answer mm-hmm. of what it was, mm-hmm. why it happened. Right. You know, because otherwise people are going to be like, it was time traveling vegans dropping jackfruit yeah. into Kentucky. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what to do with it. I could see it. But no, they came back and they said it may or may not be mutton, a child's lung. Mm-hmm horse right or some sort of organish flesh correct i love it science everyone yeah mm-hmm. well i want to hear mm. what the crouches have to say about this oh yes you back know? to the source mm-hmm. so both the crouches put forth the theory that the kentucky meat shower was the result of a flock of vultures Vomiting simultaneously after feasting themselves more abundantly than wisely. I like that. One chemist writes, I am informed that it is not uncommon for buzzards thus to disgorge their overcharged stomachs. And when in a, and that when in a flock, one commences the relief operation, the others are excited to nausea and a general shower of half digested meat takes place. That's beautiful. That's mm-hmm. what we should start doing with our friends. Yes. Yeah. Right. Just one of great. us starts vomiting because we're so happy and full, and then everyone's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. So I actually have a p- picture of one of the one of the culprits here. <laughs> this son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Look at those baby blues. I know. This wow. Is, this is a vulture. You know he's guilty. Mm-hmm. You know. Look it. at that face. Oh. So. Jesus. Joe Walston, vice president for field programs at the Wildlife Conservation Society, says meat is heavy. If you want to take off quickly with a huge amount of weight, the first thing you're going to do is vomit. Ah, yes. Fair enough. It makes sense. Same. Uh, Now, vultures don't typically vomit from feeling sick because their stomachs are super acidic, Mm. which allows them to digest all of the gross stuff that they eat, like partially decayed carcasses. Um, But they tend to gorge themselves when they eat because they don't know when they'll get their next meal. This means they have to sit and digest for a while after feeding. But if something startles them and they need to get airborne quickly, they have been known to vomit to lighten the load They'll even vomit in the air as they're taking off if they have to. So Walston said the theory that a group of startled, recently fed vultures vomited, causing the meat showers, was a highly plausible theory and made sense with what we know about vultures. What do you think? I like it. Mm-hmm. My only question is, is um, does this vomiting make a sound? Because... If it was a beautiful sunny day, those vultures would have had to have been super high in the air mm-hmm. for Mrs. Crouch to not hear. For all, I mean, birds fly pretty high. Yeah. This is true. There's not huh. a an official mm. accepted answer, mm-hmm. but that one is the most widely like approved answer. 
So again, it's my understanding that whatever this was, there is a strong possibility that four ish mm-hmm. brave men mm-hmm. ate meat yes. that vultures had eaten mm-hmm. and then thrown up. Correct. Yeah, I like it. Great. Yeah. That's it. That's <laughs> the story. Solved. Solved. That's all I got for you. Um, there's not an official answer, but that one is the most accepted. And I also agree with that. Mm-hmm. One it of the could most be beautiful. aliens. I like that too. Mm-hmm. Alien vultures, mm-hmm. perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. I some might say it's one of the most beautiful modern mysteries that this world has to offer. Yeah, wow. definitely. Thank you for that story about greasy bear meat. Of course. Wow. Wow. So that was a little bit of cloudy with a chance of meat showers. <laughs> and except good. it was sunny, so um, yes, this is true. It just is such a freaky it's just such a weird concept. Walking outside and it's just starts raining meat. Yes wild i it's like do you keep it do you try like do you bring like a a a pail outside and try and get as much as you can so you don't have to go to the store for a while apparently yeah i don't know as long as you get it to a certain temperature i'm sure it's fine Mm -hmm. yeah all right what do you got for us this week well today i am going off uh of the theme of completely accurate depictions of history fair um, and I will be telling you a very lovely story mm. taking place over in Europa. Um, Who? Europa. Great. Uh, I got my information from Forbes, Wikipedia, and Cryptids Fandom. Cryptids with a Z. Nice. <laughs> so, Justin, I know for a darn diggity fact that you've heard this story uh, many times. Mm-hmm. But I am very excited to tell it yet again Mm -hmm. uh because i really like to um butcher hard names sure yeah same um so i'm very excited great so today i will be telling you the tale of totselverm 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 very nice all right so we're gonna go ahead and just completely right in great so in the summer of 1717 a year that is very hard for me to comprehend. Mm-hmm. Swiss physician Johann Jakob Schweitzer. That's what we're going to go with. We're going to go with Schweitzer. Mm-hmm. A man of, of science who was also very interested in traveling encountered an animal with the head of a cat with large eyes, one long foot, a thick body, and something like breasts pending from its belly. Oh. He said that it hissed at him while he was climbing through the Alps of Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And he wrote about it in his very, very successful book, um, Voyage Made in the Year 1702 to 1722 in the Alpine Regions of Switzerland. End title. Uh, memorable, if I've ever heard a title. Yes. That is the one I will remember forever. Exactly. Um, one foot? Mm. Also, thick bod. Yes. That's literally said thick body that is correct 
um, thick with two C's. Correct. Yep. Um, All the way back in 1717. That is correct. And the breasts pending from the belly. <laughs> I like it. I am into this. Yes. It sounds like a wonderful beast. It really does. It yeah. just sounds like a nice time. Mm -hmm. So, again, today, we're going to be talking about Totsaburn. Great. However, Mr. Schweitzer... In 1717, he was not the first person to actually mm. meet the Tatsuvarm oh, and talk no. about it. So for centuries, Ooh. inhabitants of the remote valleys in the Alps, and mind you, again, I'm sure that you know this, but I'll just tell you again. The Alps are a prominent mountainous region in mid-southern Europe that spans across multiple countries. Mm -hmm. We'll mostly be focusing on switzerland today but there are also encounters that happened in the french alps and the italian alps and then like a little bit of austria too i like how each country gets their own little alps exactly it's so cute like this is my little alpy yeah it's my little swiss alps and then oh. france has got his little alps <laughs> and some of them got multiple alps mm -hmm. one of them's just got one alp it's just really inclusive little alpy um it's did adorable. we just did we just find the name of our firstborn child Alpi? Alpi. 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 Only if we can throw up while saying it. Every yeah, that is correct. Fine. I, I mean, you down? Let's go. You want to spit shake on this? Let's do it. All right. So creatures such as serpents with a human face, lizards with multiple tails, and then, of course, most, uh, most of the descriptions of this all wrap into the terrible and ferocious Tatsilverm. Okay, so now I'm just going to throw a lot of information at you um, because one of the things that I love so much about Tatsilverm is that much like your meat story, people just can't freaking agree on what they should call it and yeah. what it actually looks like. That's fair. Yes. So again, we're going with Tatsilverm. However, mm -hmm. in Alpine folklore, Tatsilverm can also be referred to as Stallenverm, Stallverm, um, <laughs> which really just roughly translates into tunnel worm, dragon of the mine tunnels, or serpent with short, thick feet. Again, with the thick coming mm -hmm. in, coming on strong. Just, they just really needed to let people know that it's a thick boy. They're just lathering yeah. it up. I e love it. Exactly. So Tatsilverm, um, is an interesting creature mm -hmm. again as i said there's a lot of different depictions on what it actually looks like if you are a video game fan and if you have mm -hmm. played the recently remade is it remade or remade no, it's remade no it's not remade it's its own thing god of war it is a just a sequel is it a sequel it's a new game it's a yeah. new game okay well if you've played god the, of war 2018 I believe so. If you have played God of War on the PS4 or any other yeah. type of Some similar game. thing, uh, Tatsilverms are in God of War. Um, however, if you have not played that, looking at you, Lisa, uh, I will describe it to you in a rough description. So hear me out. This is this is a bit of a doozy. So again, mm -hmm. the most some of the most popular depictions are saying that it has a face of a cat. Weird. A cat can really range from like kitty cat to lion mm -hmm. to jaguar, yep. big cat. Okay. Yep. But then it has a serpent like body, which many say is either thick, slender, or stubby. There's descriptions of one leg, four short legs, 
or two forelegs with no hind legs and just a tail. So kind of like think about like a crocodile, oh, yeah. but no back legs. That's okay. basically, yeah. but like with the face of a cat. Yep. That's basically what it looks like. Okay. Um, it's been described as resembling, uh, again, a stubby lizard anywhere from two to six feet uh, in width for, and about one to seven feet in length. Again. I mean, very, varies a lot. Very much. Quite, quite a lot. Uh, on top of all of this, the Tata worm is also believed to be dangerously, dangerously venomous, mm. able to kill a human instantly with its bite, and has the ability to breathe poisonous fumes and possesses acidic blood. Hey, wow. you know, you got to have something else going for you Honestly. if everyone is calling you stubby. Yes. So I'm, just like, I'm you fine guys, with that. I, I respect you. You do your thing, Tatsy. It's fine. So I'm going to talk about some of the, the, the earliest sightings because uh, the Tatsal Worm is actually kind of like a celebrated cryptid. Um, mm. If you go to uh, uh, some smaller towns in Switzerland, you can actually find like statues. Oh, nice. There's a lot of really cute um, fountains of Tatsal Worms with the water and they like cross over. And so it's like they're spinning into each other's mouths. That's really, really cute cool. stuff. Yeah, I love it. So I really like that the Swiss in particular ran with it. Um, but I'm going to talk about some, again, of the earliest sightings. So we have 1717. But some of the other earliest documented encounters with a Totsilverm took place in and around 1779 when two creatures appeared in front of the man Hans Fuchs. Fuchs? Hans Fuchs. I don't, I don't know how to say that. Okay. Badly frightened by his encounter, Hans unfortunately suffered a fatal heart attack. Oh, come on. However, very conveniently, before he died, he was able to tell his family of this encounter. Oh, that is very convenient. So I don't know why he was so scared when he got back to safety. It was like a delayed heart attack. Mm, I feel that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay. But again, That's he insane. described the creature as five to seven feet in length mm -hmm. with a snake-like body, clawed front legs, and a large feline feline-like head with sharp teeth i don't get the delayed heart attack thing no but fine yeah you know fine. hans might have just been having a bad day a bad delayed day exactly yeah. exactly mm -hmm. you know we'll just we'll just give it to him rip to you hans yeah in 1828 a peasant supposedly found the corpse of a totsilverm mm. which by the time he had managed to bring it home crows had apparently eaten half of the creature. So he didn't do a very good job of covering it or beating the crows away with a stick. Well, yeah. So you're dragging it all this way. Mm -hmm. And you take no time or notice of anything going on. Mm -hmm. That is correct. Fine. Yes. You know, he's like so excited to show everyone what he's found. Yeah. But he's like, oh, no, go ahead. Just feast on it. It's fine. Yes. However, because of this, Tatsilverm built up quite a following of believers and was even considered fact uh, until wow. up until or into, excuse me, the 19th century. Holy crap. Excuse me. It's now believed that even if this creature did actually exist, uh, because sightings are so rare now, yeah. that it's probably completely extinct. But again, we'll get Dang into it. some other things. I know. 
So there's various illustrations of the Totsil worm, mm-hmm. um, the first of which appeared in a Bavarian hunting manual called the New Pocket Guild of the Year 1836 for Nature, Forest, and Hunting Enthusiasts. Another banger of a title. Honestly, just really straightforward to the point. If that doesn't stick with you, uh, I don't know what will. It's fantastic. Yeah. And the thing that I love so much about this new pocket guild, the year 1836 for nature, forest, and hunting enthusiasts, mm-hmm. is that this manual contains um, a very interesting twist on Totsilverm, mm-hmm. painting the creature as a scaly cigar with formidable teeth and wretched little stumps of feet. Again, with the stumpy. Just you're just rude. Just rude. At Pick this a point. nicer adjective. Yeah. It's not that hard. Stumpy, stubby, just really, <laughs> really nailing it to him. It's just so rude. It's like what did what a tots of did you? Okay? Did he insult your mother? Besides acidic blood and breath. Ugh. You know? Ridiculous. But that's not even that bad. Ridiculous. All right, so we're jumping ahead about 100 years now. We're Now we're into the 1900s. So in late 1954, a Swiss photographer and a damn liar by the name of Balkan claimed... Oh, all right. <laughs> ...claimed to have photogra- photographed a Tatzelberm. The okay. level of interest produced by the photograph's publication led to the Berliner, uh, which is like a very famous weekly illustrated magazine in Germany, to sponsor an expedition into the Alps of the Totsilverm. Oh my gosh. However, the result of the winter expedition were disappointing and an interest in the creature all but disappeared. Okay. Today, the majority of cryptozoologists view the photograph taken by Balkan as most certainly a hoax. And I do have a picture of that. Um, I can flip it around or I can show you afterwards. I need to see this. Okay, let me get it up real quick. It's just... Uh... Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> it looks like a, st- in my opinion, it looks like a stuffed alligator. So, I and I don't want to get any of our Wisconsin fans roiled up here or riled up, but <laughs> does it look like a hoed egg? Honestly, yes. Okay, so I know it's a very small picture. That is not at all what I thought. Doesn't it kind of look like a loaf of sourdough bread? That's just been like kind of carved into. Kinda, yeah. It looks like a weird flat fish with nostrils. Yeah, like big nostrils. Yeah, like it kind of looks like body? a sturgeon. Yes, dude, sturgeon in the Alps. I like it. So a little bit like a hodag. Yeah. It definitely looks fake though. Yeah. Not like the hodag. Hodag is real. So one thousand percent. Yes. Yeah. I I just have several questions for Balkan. Um. But long, we're just, long past, by the exactly, way. Exactly, exactly. We have several questions. But it's fine. It's mm-hmm. fine. However, 40 years later in the 1990s, what? A supposed Totsilverm skeleton was mysteriously donated to the Geneva Institute of Science. The skeleton, only known by a single photograph, appears to be that of a long snake like creature with two clawed arms and a larger than normal head. It is not certain who donated the skeleton or if it was ever donated to anyone at all. The majority of researchers, again, believe the photograph and the story behind it to be a hoax. What? It's kind of something that just like showed up and they might have just like described it as such. The and... picture of the thing? Um, so no one knows if it was actually donated? Exactly. Yep. 
And I don't, I don't even what? have a picture of the thing. How do you fake that? That's I, so bizarre. Exactly. Where was it donated to? The Geneva Institute of Science. Is that not a real thing? It is a real thing. Then how do they not have information about that? In the 90s? In the 90s, yeah. That's. I don't know, dude. How have they not, like, refuted that claim or something? I don't know. Crazy. It's just, it's wild. Yeah. I have two more little anecdotes, and then we'll get into talking about what we think, okay? Love it. So here are some stories. These stories are very ambiguous because mm. there's no date, time, or actual characters involved. So no humans were present in these stories. There's humans. <laughs> there's just, ugh, just, yep. It's fine. Liddy, you can't get the birds when you're up on the third floor and there's windows. Oh, God. So there are many other tales of the legend of the Tatsuvarm. Mm-hmm. The first most famous tale is that of a young girl who is working on a Swiss farm. While chopping down bean poles, as you do, she accidentally disturbed the burrow of a Totzelworm and was attacked. Oh, no. The Totzelworm in this account was described as, as ugh, described as being of a gray coloration and about the size of a common domesticated cat with a fleshy, hairless body and possessing only two front legs. That is way too small. Yes. It's like a little baby Totsy. Little baby to- oh, little baby Totsy. So cute. I love it. Oh, I like that a lot. According to this story, the Tata Worm glared so menacingly at the girl <laughs> that she ran away, describing its big, bright eyes too intense to meet. That's amazing. It's so she is chopping stuff down. Some bean poles, yes. Some bean poles. Accidentally mm-hmm. uncovers the burrow. Yes. And the Tatsi's like, bruh. Yeah. And then just silence. Yeah. And she screams and runs away. That is correct. Love it. I, I Really, truthfully. I'm in. I'm in. I love it. So far, I'm in. <laughs> this last story just really takes everything we've talked about, throws some acid on it, um, and hey. just leaves you to wonder. So Great. The last story I will tell you is a story of a man and his son out gathering herbs in the mountains when the man suddenly heard his son scream and seemed to be paralyzed in fear and was staring at a large rock. Mm-hmm. The man sprinted to his son only to see a, quote, gruesome monster under the rock near his son, which hissed like a snake and had the face of a cat with big, bright eyes. Mm. The man managed to grab a stick and poke the tots of worm, uh, piercingly, piercing the flesh easily. No. According to the story, the green blood of the creature sprayed out and hit the man's leg burning the man's flesh <sighs> making his journey home long and painful due to his gimpy limp see Tatsy's turning it around on these people calling go. him stubby i love it he's giving them gimpy good don't poke <clears throat> animals with a sharp stick and that man's son grew up to be the green power ranger <laughs> beautiful story that's really I'm beautiful that thank this, you podcast. that's that's really it so um yeah so now i'm just going to talk about science real quick and then we're done so just a good time i wow. just i okay. what i really like is that like the tots of arm it, besides these like couple of stories with no names mm-hmm. in them mm-hmm. like Tati doesn't really do anything he's just like there kind of hangs out just doesn't really, yeah it doesn't bother anybody um supposedly in some stories he was said to um 
it was said to like steal the milk of cows and like hurt some yeah and generally and sometimes hurt cattle but really besides that like that was it um that sounds like a human honestly yes that is literally a human yeah and like wolves and other like natural predators to slow moving large mammals mm-hmm. like that can happen all the time mm-hmm. um especially before you know like you had a lot of access to like protection yeah so the fact that like if if there was cattle that was dead they're like oh it's not a wolf it is a toxoverm yeah i love that yes definitely yeah. i love just the immediate go to yes yeah yes um so now we're gonna turn it back over to science great uh we'll just we'll see what these these Mm -hmm. these people have to say Mm -hmm. these quacks exactly so of course the question still remains what is or what was the tonsil worm because it is widely believed again as i said that if the tonsil worm did exist it is now extinct Mm -hmm. um or that it was just some random ass rare salamander with a characteristic with characteristics resembling resembling a gila monster. Oh yeah, okay. Um, that may just have somehow gotten up to the Swiss area because it's not it's not supposed to be there. Yeah. Um, and just found some underground burrows. Uh, this could also explain the reports of poisonous fumes as Gila monsters are, they are actually extremely venomous and yeah. one of the world's only venomous lizards, again, though it's not native to the, the region. Right. Um, in 1718, uh, Scheutzer, that guy that we talked about at the beginning, yeah, he was a strange man. He talked about Tatelverm and then a few chapters later basically called it the biggest myth ever mm. but then also described his own encounter with the tonsil worm mm-hmm. so basically contradicting himself um he said mm-hmm. that it was an evil dragon mm-hmm. um but then again chapters later yeah um contradicted his own dragon myth by offering a geological explanation mm-hmm. and states quote at last, I must mention the furious rivers from the mountains are called by the locals also dragons. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're picturing a mountain, you can see all of the water flows down the yeah, mountain, and you have you have river streams. So if a river flows down from the mountains and carries large stones, trees, and many other things with it, so they say the dragon was unchained, and that many false stories about dragons have their origin in this explanation. Yeah. I mean, fine. Fine. But it, this is just weird because Schweitzer, I don't know what Schweitzer is talking about. It also feels prejudiced. A little bit. So. Yeah. It's like he's an outsider coming in and being like, oh, well, your dragon story is dumb, but also science. But I saw it. Exactly. But also <laughs> I saw it and I wrote about it in my book. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. So last but not least. Mm-hmm. So the description of the Tatsa word, again, as I said, fits the uh, roughly fits the dis- description of the Gila monster. Mm-hmm. However, another theory is that the creature could also be some kind of giant skink. Same. I thought skink. And when I saw the word skink, and hear, hear me out, everybody, S-K-I-N-K, mm-hmm. it sounds like a derogatory term. Definitely. However, I Wikipedia'd it, and mm-hmm. a skink is a real thing. 
Yeah. So a skink is from the uh, family lesser type. Uh, it's sure. a it's a lizard mm-hmm. that um, the Latin translates to true lizard, mm-hmm. but most because um, most species of skinks have no pronounced necks and relatively small legs. Several types of skinks have no limbs at all. This is not true for all skinks, however, oh as some species, such as the red-eyed crocodile skink, <laughs> have a head that is very distinguished from the body. These lizards also have legs that are relatively proportionate to their body size. However, again, even though a skink is really cute, it's just basically, it looks like um, a scaleless lizard. They're really pretty. But they even, some of them even have scales. Exactly. Like, like the, the crocodile one has scales. Yeah. They just look like a, it's a little tiny lizard. It's ridiculous. However, the kicker is, is that skinks are also not native to the Alps. Oh. So weird. We don't know what and why the tots of them are. Yeah. However, if you yourself are struggling with your cows getting their milk sucked dry, mm-hmm. you could follow the wise words of 19th century author Johann Rudolf Weiss, who says the best way to prevent the devious tots of arm serpents from sucking the milk of pasteurized cows is to simply place a white rooster near the cows who will scare the tots of arm off close scene a white rooster that is correct mm. i don't know why you have questions it is well known mm-hmm. that one single white rooster is the sole protectant of of cows Tr- fine i also feel that if cows are getting their milk stolen mm-hmm. it is probably your neighbor rob it's <laughs> literally in his name it's in his name yes you should have seen this coming file a complaint he'll (laughs) probably get sent to jail for stealing milk goodbye rob so that is my story my very factual story i love it i love it it's a tonsil arm great so i think today two out of two absolute bangers yeah Really good. Real, true events and stories and beasts that we have here. Exactly. It's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. Also, excuse me. Great. Sorry. Great. It's the Fresca. Fresca. Um, Are you going to recommend anything else besides Colorado? Do you want to just leave it? I said that was my small sideline. Your sideline. Recommendation. Great. So if we're moving into it right away, I would have to say... That my recommendation for this week mm. that I definitely prepared ahead of time. That you are not stalling with whatsoever. Is... Re- are you looking around our apartment <laughs> right now? Really? <laughs> really? Uh, no. I'm actually going to recommend the anime. Oh. Oh, yes. Tell me. Called Demon Slayer. If anyone is interested in anime which most of our listeners probably are not. Even if not, give it a try. 2021, maybe. It's really good. Yeah. Um, there was a movie that just came out that's like a sequel to the first season of the anime. And it is the highest grossing Japanese film of all time. That's fantastic. I don't know how that happened. And I don't think anybody really knows how that happened. No. But it, it, it did. And it sounds like it's really good. And so far, I've 
watched like half of the first season and it's awesome. Do you happen to know if the movie taste takes place like canonically after? Yeah, it's a sequel. It is a sequel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry if you said that and I wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. I, I apologize. It's normal. But yeah, it's really good. I would definitely recommend it. It's on Netflix. I think it's actually on a bunch of different streaming services right now. So oh, okay. It's available. It's the animation style is very pretty. Yeah, it's and cool. from what I've seen of it, it's pretty damn cool. Nice. Nice. Okay. Well, my quote or excuse me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Great. <laughs> my recommendation. Um, now that I've just ruined it, is going to be prefaced by a quote from one of the wisest men that this world has ever met. Mm-hmm. And that man's name is Peter. And Peter says, oh. I don't know much about this cable fella, but I guarantee you he hasn't killed as many people as melanoma has. Unquote. Peter from Deadpool 2. That's right, everyone. My recommendation, my life freaking hack is wear sunscreen great seriously i okay here's the thing everybody i am a pasty white ass girl who if if i could describe my skin tone in one word it would be see-through um and so growing up i i always wanted to be tan i always wanted to have that summer glow never wore sunscreen none of it and I think that wearing sunscreen, honestly, now, especially on my face, is like one of the things that I'm most proud of myself for doing as a relatively much, not really mature baby adult. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, is that for your daily routine, I cannot recommend wearing sunscreen enough. Listen to the wise words of our Lord and Savior, Peter. Great. Also, Deadpool tool is so freaking funny. Yeah, they're both really good movies if you so haven't seen good. them. So good. Yeah. That's my recommendation. Love it. Healthy. Wow. Don't use olive oil on your skin like my mother does. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah, that's weird. Sorry. It sure is. It's fine. Great. Great. Well, good episode today. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Well. Wow. Stay safe. Stay I was gonna say, um, stay spooky. That's correct. I was going to say, stay, stay skinky on oh, today. No. I was like, Hannah, no. Stay skinky. <laughs> A goodbye. A goodbye.